0: I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater.
1: Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a
2: locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep,
3: P E P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal presents the Adventures of Superman.
4: Today, Superman is unaware that during his absence from St. Silmo, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn have walked once again into grave danger.
3: Hello there, gang. This is Dan McCullough. News certainly gets around, doesn't it, gang? Most every fellow and girl I know is all hepped up about that brand new series of comic buttons in packages of Kellogg's pet one kid tells another until everybody's excited as anything, and for good reason. These new pep comic buttons are something to cheer about. Eighteen new and different comic strip characters done up in full color on gleaming white buttons that look mighty nifty pinned on your jacket or dress or cap. And what a circus it is collecting them. You get the surprise of finding out which buttons inside every package of pep you open, and you get the fun of swapping duplicates with your pals, too. You'll want to collect Mama Destros and Gravel Gertie, the uh, Winnie Winkle Twins, Superman, and all the others. So, remind Mom to get Get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep, because that's the only way you can get these new comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box top, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's an exciting prize in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. There's good eating, too, because these are the whole wheat flakes with that sunny golden toasted flavor that gives breakfast a lift. Yes, sir, you'll like Pep, and you'll like the prizes in packages of P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. <laughs>
4: Now, the adventures of Superman. Investigating what frightened natives of a Canadian coastal fishing village believe is a supernatural sea monster, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn suffered two almost disastrous encounters with the mysterious creature and were each time rescued by Superman. Undaunted, they continued their investigation while Superman was off following a clue to the mystery of the monster. But this time, while searching the shack of a local fisherman of whom they had reason to be suspicious, Lois and Horatio signed their own death warrants. For just as they uncovered a hidden walkie-talkie radio in the shack, Mike Barnaby, its owner, opened the door. Gratio, look,
5: great Jupiter, Barnaby. And
4: just in time to fix it so you don't do no more snooping and meddling with things as ain't none of your business. <laughs> As we continue now, Barnaby has closed the door behind him. Standing in darkness, save for a shaft of eerie moonlight that filters through a small window and is reflected on the blue steel barrel of an automatic held by the angry fisherman, Lois and Horatio are tense with an awareness of their danger. Momentarily frozen with fear, Lois is speechless, but Horatio tries to brazen it out.
5: Don't be a fool, Mr. Barnaby. Put up that gun. I
4: ain't doing no such of a thing. But, but it might go off. I warned you to pack up and get out of seats soon before you run into trouble. But you didn't pay me no heed. You come looking for it. So now you got to take the consequences. Well, what do you mean? i catching you, you snooping around here in my shack proved what I knowed all along. That you suspicioned me having something to do with that monster out there on the fishing bank. Well, sure we suspect you. Horatio! Because you gave
5: us plenty of reason for suspicion. Horatio!
4: Just how much
5: do you know about me, young fella? We don't know a thing. Oh, yes we do, and so do the police. Horatio, What's please! What's about the police? Horatio. They'll be here to pick you up in the morning. For heaven's sake, Horatio, keep quiet! How do you know the police are picking me up? I happen to be a detective as well as a newspaper reporter, Mr. Barnaby.
6: Horatio, you're out of your mind. You
5: may as well know the truth, Miss Lane. It gives him a chance to make a clean breast of things. That way he'll have a chance to get off comparatively easy.
4: Well, now, that's very neighborly of you.
5: I think it is, too, by Gulliver. Now, you can tell us the whole story of the monster, and that'll spare Mr. Kent the trouble of tracking down the clue he found out there in the water. Horatio! Found clue, you said? That's right. He's back in Metropolis checking it now. And if it's what he thinks it is, he says he'll be able to expose the mystery of your sea monster in practically no time at all.
4: Is that so? Well, now that's mighty interesting.
5: Oh, that's all, brother. Now you've fixed us, but good.
4: Sure, and I'm going to see to which you find out the whole secret of the mystery. See, Miss Lane? Now, oh. But first, I'm going to show you what I use this walkie-talkie for. I'll just turn on the power like this, and now you listen. But I warn you, don't try nothing funny.
5: Don't worry about that.
4: Barnaby calling Andrews. Barnaby calling Andrew. Come in, Barnaby. Smiling strangely, Barnaby's low muffled voice enters the microphone of the walkie-talkie and speeds out across three miles of water where a big red-faced man is seated at a table at the cabin of a disguised trawler anchored on the fishing banks. Faint sounds of activity can be heard from the deck overhead, but they are ignored by the man who seems to be occupied with a sheet of paper in front of him. Suddenly, his attention is arrested by the sound of a voice coming from a walkie-talkie standing at his elbow. Picking it up, he places it close to his ear and speaks into the mouthpiece. This is Andrews, back to Barnaby. Andrews, back to
7: Barnaby. What's on your mind? Come in. Keep in trouble, Andrews. What's the matter now? snooping
4: in my shack. Uh-oh. Where are they now? standing right here in the shack, I got you stupid, bungling fool. I should have known better than to trust a numbskull like you. I ain't done nothing. Nothing but give yourself dead away talking like this in front of them. But what did I do I tell you they knew too much? Never mind the details. Get rid of them. How? Oh, okay. I don't care how, but get rid of them, understand?
8: Bang. That's not all. I think you'd better
4: clear off the fishing grounds and hold up for a while. Why? The police are around me, too. How do you know? These two I got here told me. Another thing. They say a fellow named Clark Kinney is coming back tomorrow uncover the mystery of the monster. Impossible. They're pulling a bluff on you. Maybe, but I don't think so. You'd better pull out monster at all. Maybe you're right at that. Play it safe. Sure. You can come back and start operating soon as this blows over. All right. That's what we'll do. And, uh, Barnaby, about those, uh, two guests of yours, I think a good way to get rid of them would be, well, anyway, bring them out to the secret cove tonight. Tonight? Yes. Contact me when you get there and I'll tell you what to do. Then come by land in your car. Is that clear? That's all, then. See you later. Moving swiftly, the man Barnaby called Andrews replaces the two-way radio instrument on the desk. Then, picking up an intercommunication phone, he presses a button marked Bridge. Meanwhile, still in Metropolis, Superman has just completed a memorandum to Editor Perry White, in which he outlined the progress made by the three Daily Planet reporters in exposing the mystery of the St. Selmo sea monster. Now, armed with what he considers a definite clue, he strips off his guise of Clark Kent and prepares to take off from the privacy of his own office for a return trip to the Canadian fishing village. There we are, all set. Now, with what I've learned from the analysis of the sample of seawater from the
9: fishing banks, I'm pretty sure I've got the monster's number. Up with this window. If only Lois and Horatio kept out of trouble, we should clean up the mystery and be back here with a page one story tomorrow.
4: Well, here's hoping.
10: Out and away!
4: Like a red and blue meteor, the Man of Steel streaks through the night sky. And, traveling with the speed of light, arrives at St. Selmo within a few minutes. Then, resuming the guise of Garber, Clark Kent, he enters the Fisherman's Inn. As he passes the desk, a sudden impulse makes him stop and question the elderly clerk. Good evening.
7: Evening, Mr. Kent. Something you want?
4: Miss Lane and Mr. Horner are in their rooms, I suppose. Oh
7: no, no, sir, sure they ain't. They've gone out. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm going myself. Hmm. But how long ago would you say that was?
5: Yeah, let me see. Uh, about
7: an hour ago. Uh-huh. I wouldn't worry none about them now. Less than they went out looking for that there uh, sea monster, that is. Well, anything's possible with those two. And eh, maybe they went for a walk along the beach,
1: or... Maybe they're just sitting on the docks. Thanks, I'll have a look. See you later.
4: Outwardly accepting the clerk's suggestion that Lois Bain and Horatio Horn are simply enjoying the night air on the waterfront, Clark Kent walks swiftly along the dark, deserted main street of the village toward the beach, his keen eyes searching for a sight of them. While a sixth sense warns him that all is not well, as Clark Kent searches vainly for them on the Saint Elmo waterfront, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, their hands bound, are riding in Mr. Barnaby's ancient car. After more than a half hour of driving along stretches of sandy beach and oyster shell back roads, they are just arriving at their destination, a tiny hidden cove. But now, a triumphant smile wrinkling his weathered face, Barnaby brings his car to a stop. <laughs>
5: Is uh, is this the hideout you were talking about, Mr. Barnaby?
4: Aye, that it is, Mr. Horn. Likewise, the home of the sea monster. The, the monster. Aye, Miss Lane, the monster. Had... Wait. Look sharp out yonder where my finger's pointing. You can see it gliding into the cove. Good heavens.
8: It, it is
4: the monster, by Gulliver. <laughs> yep. Here's some, ain't it?
5: Why have you brought us here, Mr. Barnaby?
4: Well, you've been wanting a close look at the monster so she can know the secret of her. Well, you're going to get that chance now.
5: <laughs> now, wait yep, a minute. Yep, you're
4: going to get a chance to see her real close. Much closer than you bargained for her too, I suspect.
6: What do you mean by that?
4: Just this, Miss Lane. Listen, I'm mighty wrong. The man you heard me talking to on the walkie-talkie in my shack is figuring to feed you to that monster tonight. <laughs> willing to believe their ears, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn stare open-mouthed at the leering Barnaby as the blood drains from their faces, and an overpowering sense of fear chills them to the bone. Is this some grim sort of joke, or is Barnaby serious when he threatens Lois and Horatio with being fed to the monster? In any case, the two reporters are definitely in danger, while Superman is still unaware of what has happened to them. Superman's adventure with the Phantom of the Sea is fast drawing to a close, and we know you won't want to miss the exciting wind-up. So don't fail to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station.
3: And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement,
2: the adventures of Superman.
3: Man is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal.
0: Behold, my process. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh-huh. The so Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises not to your every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot
1: Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Califunga! To the Loot
0: Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! To the Loot Crate loot Box, What's with what kids today, huh? Rouses! With cuts starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive what? offer. That's F-E-N-I-X-Media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate! Dig it!
2: P.E.P. Pep
3: Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal presents the
4: Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman returns to Saint Selmo, where he learns that Lois Lane and Horatio Horn have disappeared. But is unaware that they are prisoners of the men behind the mysterious Sea Monster. (pg1]
3: Hello there, gang. This is Dan McCullough. You've heard the news, haven't you? You know that Kellogg's Pep is putting out a brand new series of comic buttons. Sure, all the fellas and girls are mighty excited these days. It's such swell news that you can collect 18 new and different Pep comic buttons. Just like the ones that made such a hit with all the gang. Yes, sir, 18 new funny paper characters to collect and to wear pinned under your jacket or dress or cap. Comic buttons like Maw Winkle and A Breath of Breeze and Fat Stuff from Smiling Jack and Superman himself. You won't want to miss out on a single one of them. And you'd hate to miss the fun of trading duplicates with your pals, too. That's an exciting transaction every time. Believe me, everything about this brand new series of Pep comic buttons is exciting. Like the surprise you get when you open a new package of Kellogg's Pep. That's how you get these comic buttons, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But you get a comic button in every package of Pep. And you get some mighty smooth eating, too, because pep is strictly terrific when it comes to sunny, golden toasted flavor. That's the Sunshine Cereal Gang, P-E-P, Kellogg's Pep.
4: And now, the adventures of Superman. Ignoring ominous warnings to discontinue their efforts to solve the mystery of what the fishermen of St. Selmo believe is a supernatural sea monster, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, Daily Planet correspondent and amateur detective, walk right into trouble. Trapped in the seaside Jacobite of Ike Barnaby, a fisherman whom they had reason to suspect. Lois and Horatio were taken at gunpoint to a hidden cove by order of a man with whom Barnaby communicated via a walkie-talkie radio. As they reached the hideout, Barnaby stopped his car and pointed to a long black object that was just then sliding into the inky waters of the sheltered cove. There's the monster you were so anxious to see close up. You'll be seeing it now, and closer than you bargained for, I warrant. Because tonight you're going to be fed to it.
5: What? Fed to it? Aye.
4: Before long, you'll be inside the belly of that monster. <laughs> Meanwhile, in St. Selmo, unaware that Lois and Horatio are in great danger, Superman and the guise of Clark Kent is searching for them, his sharp eyes scanning the beach for miles in either direction.
9: Well, there's not a sign of them down here. I wonder where they can be. it certainly wasn't stupid enough to go out on a boat again out of that last experience. What about Barnaby's shack? They may have gone down there to question him. I think I'll stroll over and have a look. There's nobody home here and the door's locked. I wonder where Barnaby can be at this hour of the night. Have you gone somewhere with Lois and Horatio? Oh, wait a minute. There's a light in that shack further down on the beach. Maybe I can get some information there. (laughs) Looks like an old fisherman. Uh, Good evening. I'm sorry to bother you at this hour. What do you want? Well, I'm looking for two friends of mine, a young man and a young lady. You come to the wrong place. Ain't nobody here but me. Yes, I know, but I thought... You might have seen them visiting your neighbor, Mister Barnaby. Don't have no truck with Barnaby. Oh, never did. He ain't a man to be trusted. Oh, that's interesting. Could you uh, tell me something about him? No, nope. never talk about nobody. Oh, that's very admirable, of course. But you just told me you didn't trust him. Well, I ain't saying no more. Couldn't you just tell me why you don't trust Barnaby? Never did trust no man. Does his business under cover of darkness. Some um, dark, Lord's creatures was meant to be rested from honest labors. I see. You mean, uh, Barnaby's labors are not honest? All I know is I seen him slinking off through the dark, less than an hour ago, twas, with two others. With two others? Aye. Saw them, three of them, walking north along the beach. Was, uh, one of them a young lady? I couldn't tell in the dark. But I heard a voice sounded like a woman's. You don't know where they went, do you?
2: Like I told you before, young feller. I mind my own
9: business. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, just one more question. I, I know that Barnaby's boat was wrecked last night. Aye, and I... by the monster it was. Yes, well, uh, do you know if he has another boat tied up anywhere along the shore? Young feller, how many times do I have to tell you? I know, I know. You mind your own business.
2: Aye, that I do. And I'd advise you to do likewise.
9: Hmm. Well, at least I accomplished one thing. Lois and Horatio evidently did visit Barnaby and went off with it. Now the question is why and where. There's only one way to get an answer. Search this coast inch by inch as
4: Superman. I can cover a lot more ground this way. Yeah, and faster. There we are. All set. Now,
10: up and away!
4: steel streaks like a red and blue rocket along the desolate North Atlantic coast. The objects of his search are, as we know, Barnaby's prisoners in a secret hideaway on the beach of a tiny hidden cove. With their hands tied behind their backs, Lois and Horatio are seated on the dirt floor of a wooden shack. Apparently a warehouse, it is stacked to the ceiling with drums of gasoline and crude oil, barely visible in a single ray of weak moonlight that filters in through a small barred window. Worried and frightened by Barnaby's threats, the two reporters are almost certain they will not live to see another
5: dawn.
6: Well, Horatio, if it looks as if we've bitten
5: off more than we can chew. Please, Miss Lane, uh, we're not done for,
6: yet. If this isn't it, I I hope I never come any closer to it.
5: Now, now. You know, while there's life... Oh,
6: don't give me that while there's hope, there's life routine again. Well, it's true. Maybe it isn't books, Horatio, but this isn't a book. This doesn't have to have a happy ending.
5: Well, I, for one, am not giving up, not by a long shot. Bravo.
6: Any ideas on how we can
5: get out of this? Hmm... Nothing practical, uh, that is, at the moment. There isn't much time, you know. I know. Uh, look, Miss Lane, what do you suppose Barnaby meant when he said they're going to uh, going to feed us to the monster?
6: I don't know. But whatever he meant, I don't like it.
5: Do you think there really is a living, breathing monster? Oh, please, Horatio. I must say, it looked alive when we saw it swim into the stop cobble. Stop it! Stop it, or I'll scream! Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Lane. I'm terribly sorry. I, I was just trying to take your mind off our troubles. Don't worry about my mind. I won't need it without a body. Yes, yes, you're quite right. But really, Miss Lane, just sitting here in the dark waiting for the end to come isn't very sensible. What
6: else can we do with our hands tied behind our backs?
5: Unfortunately, they didn't tie our ankles. At least we can walk around, which is what I'm going to do. I might find something. All
6: you'll find in this shack are oil drums and packing cases, Horatio. One never can tell, Miss Lane. One never can
8: tell. As
4: Horatio Horn gropes in the darkness of their prison shack, ever hopeful of finding a way to break out, Barnaby is seated at a table in a nearby hut, where, in the feeble rays of an oil burning ship's lamp, he is talking into the mouthpiece of a walkie talkie. I warn you, <laughs> Mr. Andrews, you'd best up anchor and come into the cove before you run a foul of trouble. Don't worry, Barnaby, I know what I'm doing. Besides, we're practically finished out here. You are? Yes. Did you, did you find it? We found it, all right, and it's all aboard now. Good, good. But we want no loose ends floating around, understand? Aye. What do you want me to do? since we have no further use for the, uh, the monster, we'll get rid of it. Those two reporters at the same time. The hotepad? You, you mean that? Of course. But, but that's murder. You do what you're told. Instead of being cut in on this deal, you'll find yourself in the same boat with the reporters, and I do mean the same boat, get it? I... All right. Now listen carefully. Here's what I want you to do. Put the reporters into the monster. Then send it to the bottom and make
8: sure it never comes up again.
4: Passing horrible sentence on Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, the mysterious Mr. Andrews signs off. A moment later, Barnaby flips the switch on his own walkie-talkie and prepares to carry out the grim order of execution. With Superman still unaware even of their whereabouts, what will happen to the two reporters now? As we continue now, Superman, having vainly searched a few scant miles of the shoreline for Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, and unaware that if he had gone but a short distance further, he might have found the hideaway cove in which they are now held prisoner, is streaking out over the ocean in ever-narrowing circles that bring him closer and closer to the St. Selmo fishing banks, the waters from which the monster had frightened away the local fishermen. Still no sign of them. My hunch that Barnaby brought them out here again evidently isn't going to pay
9: off. Now I'm really worried. Well, before I do anything else, I'll check on whether they've come back to
4: the inn. It's just a bare chance that somehow I missed them. So it's back to St. Selmo. Away! Whoa, hold everything. There's a beam trawler down there on the fishing banks. Lois and Horatio might be on that.
2: Anyway, it's worth a look. Down to that trawler. Go!
4: Coming downward like some huge bird of prey, Superman lands on the deck of the trawler to the utter amazement of its crew. What will happen when the man of steel discovers that Lois Lane and Horatio Horn are not aboard the boat? Will he discover that what appears to be an innocent fishing trawler holds the secret of the sea monster? And more important, will he learn that from this boat was just given the order to place Lois and Horatio in the mysterious monster and send it to the bottom of the sea? Will he learn it in time? Superman's adventure with the Phantom of the Sea is fast drawing to a smashing action-packed climax gang, so don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for
3: breakfast, it's
10: Kellogg's Pep. For excitement,
4: the adventures of
2: Superman.
3: And it's a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine
8: cereal.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
4: Today, while Superman searches for Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, the two reporters are introduced to the mystery of the sea monster and are sent away to what appears to be certain death.
11: Hello there, gang.
3: This is Dan McCullough. Boy, this has been a week, hasn't it, gang? With all the excitement on the Superman show and the news about that brand new series of comic buttons and packages of Kellogg's Pet, Bet you're all set to collect them and to get yourself some snappy-looking buttons to pin on your jacket or your dresser cap. Because they are smart-looking, believe me, done up in full comic strip colors on gleaming white enamel buttons that show up like anything. And the pictures of your favorite funny paper characters are so true to life. The uh, Winnie Winkle twins and Gravel Gertie and Tilda and Superman look so real, they could almost talk to you not to mention the fun that you'll have if you happen to get a duplicate, because then you can find out which one of your pals has a button to swap with you and add another pet comic button to your collection that way. So remind mom to get you some Kellogg's Pet when she shops. That's the only way you can get these comic buttons. You don't send it any money, not even a box top, and you can't buy them anywhere. But you'll find a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. That sunny, golden toasted whole wheat flakes that that make breakfast such good eating. Remember, be sure to ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal,
4: Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of
2: Superman.
4: Attempting to solve the mystery of what appeared to be a mammoth monster of the sea. Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, an eccentric Daily Planet correspondent and amateur detective, followed a trail of suspicion that led them to Ike Barnaby, a native of St. Selmo, a Canadian fishing village on the North Atlantic coast. Caught snooping in his shack, they were held at gunpoint by Barnaby, who reported by a two-way radio to someone aboard a boat engaged in a mysterious operation in the waters of the fishing grounds, from which the native fishermen had been frightened away by the monster. Barnaby was told to take Lois and Horatio to a hideaway on the beach of a hidden cove, where he locked them in a shack used to store gasoline, oil, and other supplies. Then, again in radio contact with the boat, the skipper gave Barnaby a final order. Since our job here is finished, and we won't need the uh, monster anymore, I want you to put those two snooping reporters in it, and send it to the bottom,
8: and make sure it never comes up again.
4: Oh. Meanwhile, Superman, searching for Lois and Horatio Spotted what appeared to be a fishing trawler some miles offshore Innocently thinking that perhaps his friends were aboard the boat He dropped to the deck Just as it hauled anchor and got underway Listen
10: <laughs> right
4: What's the matter, man? Giving up before you have caught any fish? What business is that of yours? Just curious You're the skipper of this boat, I gather. That's right. What did you come aboard for? What do you want? I'm uh, looking for two friends of mine who disappeared.
7: We haven't seen anyone, have we, boys?
4: I see. Tell me, aren't you and your crew afraid of the the sea monster, or haven't you heard of it? Well, uh, we've heard of it, but... But uh, you're not afraid.
9: That's right. Or you know there is no monster. Which is it?
7: Look here. I'm not going to be quizzed like
4: a schoolboy by Superman or anyone else. I'm minding my own business. And my business is no concern of yours. You're perfectly right, and I'm sorry if I offended you. Okay. I'd like to ask just one question, if I may. Well, all right. What is it? I notice you're carrying a lot of diving equipment. (laughs) Well, what about it? Is there a law against that? No, but it does seem odd on a fishing trawler, doesn't it? So what? Suppose I told you my hobby is collecting, uh, well, all sorts of deep-sea stuff. Fascinating hobby. Sometimes I imagine you even find things of great value at the bottom. Isn't that so? What do you mean by that? Oh, nothing. Well, since the people I'm looking for are not aboard, I'll take off again. Thanks for your, uh, courtesy,
9: Captain. Okay, so long. See you again sometime.
10: Up and away!
4: I wonder, did he think he was pulling the wool over my eyes? That boat's no more a fishing trawler than I'm a giraffe. A deck loaded with expensive diving equipment and the hold piled high with iron-bound chests. and Not
9: a fish in sight. I'll be back for another look at that boat, but first I've got to find Lois and
4: Horatio. Away! Certain that the fishing trawler is sailing under false colors, but unaware that it represents the solution to the mystery, Superman heads back to St. Selmo in search of Lois Lane and Horatio Horn. But meanwhile, Lois and Horatio, still locked in the dark wooden warehouse at the cove hideout, have made what Horatio believes is an exciting and
5: momentous discovery in an open packing box.
6: I don't know why you're so excited about finding this, Horatio. Great
5: Lucifer, Miss Lane, don't you know what a very pistol can do? Yes, certainly. It
6: fires rockets, signal rockets. Exactly. But what earthly use is it to us with the door locked and bolted and our hands tied behind our backs?
5: Don't worry. I'll figure out some way to fire it by Gulliver, even with my hands tied.
6: All right. Suppose you do. Where will the rocket go? Through the roof?
5: Oh, no. Certainly not. I'll break the glass in the window, stick the pistol through the bars, and fire.
6: While hanging by your toes from the
5: ceiling, I suppose. Well, no, that wouldn't be practical. You can say that again. But but if I could pile up a few boxes if, and stand on if, them... If, I could
6: oh, s- give it up, Horatio. Give it up? Yes, because, because even if you can't accomplish the impossible, what good will it do? Who'll see the signal? And what could it possibly mean to anyone who by uh, some miracle might see it?
5: Well, I don't know exactly... Exactly
6: nothing. No one but... Well, but but Superman, maybe, would even bother investigating. Say,
5: maybe Superman would see it. Oh, Optimist. He, he did find us twice when the monster dumped us out of boats we hired, didn't yes, he?
6: Yes, but each time Clark Kent had asked him to look for us. Or so he said.
5: Well, maybe Mr. Kent's returned and... <gasps> Wait, Miss Lane. What's the matter? I think somebody's coming. That must be Barnaby. He, he... He's ready to, to feed us to the monster. Oh, stop it. Here, quick. Hide these signal rockets in your coat pocket. What for? We may have a chance to use them outside. But... I've got the pistol under my coat. What good will the rockets may be none, but what have we got to lose? Be quiet. Be
10: quiet. All right, get up on your feet of here. Get up, I said.
5: Better do it. He's got a gun. All right. Now what?
4: Come straight forward into the beam of this flashlight. And I warn you, Keep walking. Don't try nothing funny.
5: Where are you taking us, Mr. Barnaby?
4: Hush up and get into that outboard motorboat tied up to the dock. We're going out to see the monster.
5: The monster?
4: The we cast off. If either of you gets a notion to jump overboard, I'll shoot you like sitting ducks.
5: We... We're coming closer to it, Miss Lane. Yes, I. I, I see it, Horatio. It, it's gigantic. What will we do? I
10: can only hey, think a little. Look of you. <laughs> Here you. Here's monster. Look sharp now. We're coming alongside.
8: Good.
5: Good heavens, Miss Lane! Look up there on its back. Uh, a hatch. It's opening. Horatio. Great Lucifer. This is a... It's a submarine. The monster is a camouflaged submarine.
4: With mouths agape and eyes bulging, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn stare in shocked amazement at the long, low, black hulk of a submarine whose pointed bow is painted with luminous paint to resemble a monstrously hideous face equipped with red-lensed automobile headlights for eyes. As we continue, two men have emerged from the camouflage submarine and, lowering a rope ladder suspended from the open hatch, climb down into Barnaby's boat. At Barnaby's order, enforced by the gun in his hand, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn clamber up the ladder to enter the undersea craft that looked so much like the monster it was supposed to be.
8: Hey, quickly,
5: Miss Lane. Slip me that signal rocket you've got in your pocket. What for, Horatio? What can you help This is to... our last chance to send it off. Hurry, give it to me. All right. Here. Good. But it won't do any good. There's nothing to be lost by trying. But Barnaby and the others, they'll see you. Not until it's too late. Go ahead, down the hatch. I'll follow, and before I'm all the way down, I'll let go. Too
2: loudly, you two.
10: Hurry, go up back down the hatch.
5: Huh? There. It's all set to go off.
2: Now. Look out, Barnaby. He's got a gun. Let oh, Here it goes. He's fired a signal rocket. Go down, Horatio. Hurry.
5: Hurry, get up back down the hatch. Look up there, through the hatch. Oh, my. There, Miss Lane. See how that white flare shines like a star of hope in the sky. Yes, and we will last about as long as it will now. Don't be so pessimistic.
7: That Maybe... flyer won't do no good. Because as soon as we get back to shore,
10: we're starting these motors by radio and sending the sub on a trip that'll land in 50 fathoms of water at the bottom of the sea. <laughs>
4: that the closing of the hatch overhead appears to definitely seal their doom. Lois Lane and Horatio Horn look at each other in dejected helplessness. Their only hope, that someone saw and will investigate the signal flare Horatio fired into the sky. Meanwhile, Superman, still ranging the coastline in search of them, catches the gleam of what appears to be a falling star far to the north. Very sharply, Superman speaks away toward the falling light, which by this time has almost disappeared. Will he find the monster-like submarine before it is sent to the bottom with Lois and Horatio? We'll know on Monday, gang, when we learn, too, why Barnaby and his henchmen made and used the submarine monster to frighten the fishermen of St. Selmo. Yes, the next action-packed episode brings this story to a smashing climax, so don't miss it. Be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg Pep, the Sunshine Serial.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman.
4: Superman skates to the rescue of Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, the submarine's prisoners lie unconscious, trapped victims of the ocean's watery depths.
3: They're new, they're different, they're exciting. They're a brand new series of comic buttons, one in every package of Kellogg's Pet, 18 different comic strip characters to wear pinned on your jacket or dress or cap. Get in on the fun of collecting them all, Maul Winkle and Tiny Tim, Flat Top Superman and all the rest. Don't miss the thrill of swapping duplicates with your pals. And be sure to be around for the surprise when it's time to open a new package of Pep. You never know which button you'll find inside, but you do know it'll be a slick-looking job. A true-to-life picture of a famous funny paper character in full color on a gleaming white enamel button that you'll get a real kick out of adding to your collection. Now, here's the payoff. Here's how simple it is to get these Pep comic buttons. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. They come only as exclusive prizes, one in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And remember, too, when you open a package of Pep, that you're in for some terrifically good eating. Because these toasted whole wheat flakes are packed with catchy sunshine flavor that puts come on in every bite. For prize eating and exciting prizes, Get P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep.
4: Now, the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, a part-time Daily Planet correspondent and an amateur detective, set out to solve the mystery of a supernatural sea monster supposedly haunting the Canadian fishing village of St. Selmo, they had no idea the monster would turn out to be a cleverly camouflaged submarine. Why it was being used to frighten the fishermen of St. Selmo away from the fishing grounds is still a mystery. But neither Lois nor Horatio is in any position to solve it. Held at gunpoint by Ike Barnaby, a local resident who was evidently in on the mysterious plot, They were forced into the submarine, the hatch locked and bolted, and the steel monster sent out to sea via radio control. Its destination, the bottom of the ocean. However, a moment before the hatch was slammed shut, Horatio Horn succeeded in setting off a signal flare. Superman, ranging the coast in search of his friends, spotted the flare just as it dropped into the sea. Wheeling like a bird in flight, the man of steel streaked back to the spot. We find him now, hovering almost motionless, over the hidden cove from which the doomed submarine departed. That flare dropped into the water somewhere around here. All I can see is a cove leading out to the sea. Wait. Is that a shack down there on the shore? Yes, it is. And there are three men in it. Good Scott. One of them is Hike Barnaby. Down. Down.
2: How far off is she, Ike? About a half a mile. She's heading down under now. Won't be
9: long. What are they talking about? What's that radio control panel Barnaby's working at? Well, there's only one way to find out.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. Superman. In person, Mr. Barnaby. Get away from that control panel. Oh, Charlie, stop. I'll get is that asking a little too much of your friends, Barnaby? Relax, boys, or I'll tie you in a knot. Get out of the way. I'll stop her. Not with that little pea shooter, Barnaby. Try again.
1: The bullets bounce off his chest. It's about
4: time you knew that. No, your knife. Oh, no, Joe. Bad little boy shouldn't play with knives. I don't, I don't call me like that. I didn't do nothing. And I'm going to make sure you don't. Sweet dreams, Joe. All right, Charlie, you're next. Don't pay for this. you got no right question in here. It isn't a matter of right and wrong anymore, Barnaby. You've had things your way entirely too long. Now I'm going to get them my way. You'll get nothing. What? Why did you smash that radio control panel? Answer me. I ain't talking. You talk or I'll know the reason why. Get away from me. Get away! Up to now, Barnaby, I've always pulled my punches in dealing with people like you because I realize that criminals have sick minds. But your mind is not sick. You went into this with your eyes open. You spread the most vicious poison known to mankind, the poison of fear. I don't know why you did it or with whom you're working, but this much I do know. I'll give you exactly 60 seconds to tell me what you've done with Miss Lane and Mr. Horn. 60 seconds. If you haven't told me by then... I'll show you what it means to be frightened. With his voice cutting like cold hard steel, Superman advances on Ike Barnaby, who cringes against the wall. His pale, watery eyes bright with panic. Meanwhile, a half-mile offshore, the submarine in which Lois and Horatio are trapped, suddenly cut off from its radio control, has shot to the surface where it now floats like a monstrous cigar in the pale moonlight. Inside the steel bow, Lois is the first to find voice.
5: Horatio, what happened? Uh, I think we're floating. Floating where? On the surface. We were going down, the bow was tilted, and I could feel the pressure, and then suddenly we shot up. You mean we're on top of the water? Yes, I, I think so. Wait, maybe I can make sure. Is there a piece of metal around? Well, the whole submarine is metal. No, I,
6: I mean a loose piece. Oh, Horatio, this is no time to start experimenting. I'll take your word for it. Wait, 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 don't
5: move. Sit perfectly still hear that faint lapping of water and feel the slight motion from side to side? Yes. That proves it. We're floating on the surface. Well, just don't talk about it, Horatio. Do something. Get us out of this this sardine can. How can I? The hatch is bolted from the outside. Is that the only way out? Uh, Let me think.
6: Well, I'm thinking. In the meantime, the air is getting foul
5: in here. We won't be able to breathe soon. The torpedo tubes. The what? The torpedo tubes. We can crawl out through the torpedo tubes. Where are they? Probably in the bow. Oh. You stay here. I'll see if I can find them. Be careful, Horatio. don't you worry. You just relax. Relax.
6: With every nerve in my body snapping like a rubber band.
5: Horatio, are you all right? I think I've got them. The torpedo tubes? Yes. I'll know in a minute as soon as I get this thing open. It sure is tight. Can I help you? No, no.
8: I think I can do! Horatio! What, what happened? I opened the wrong thing! What is pouring in? We'll close it! No. Hurry! I can't! It's too much pressure! Out with Miss Lane. We're going to drown like rats! The water pouring into
4: the sealed submarine in a thunderous roar, Lois and Horatio now face an end even more horrible than that planned for them by Barnaby and his henchmen. It will be only a matter of minutes before the steel hull becomes filled and sinks forever to the ocean bottom. Meanwhile, at the shack in the Hidden Cove, Superman, unaware that he is running a grim dace with death, towers over Ike Barnaby. Your time's getting short, Barnaby. Just a few more seconds. Unless you tell me what you've done with Miss Lane and Mr. Horn, you're going to suffer as no human being has ever suffered before. Go ahead. Kill me. Oh, no, it won't be as easy as all that. This won't be physical suffering. It'll be fear, uh-huh. the same poisonous fear you've been spreading, only much worse. I'm going to fly you out over the ocean and drop you from ten thousand feet. What? Your body will fall like a sack of flour, Uh-oh. turning over and over. Uh-oh. You'll try to breathe, but you won't be able Uh-oh. to. You'll see the water coming up to meet you. Uh, stop! And you'll... Stop it! And talk, and talk fast. Uh, There's a the submarine offshore. Just as I thought. That was the monster—a submarine. Yeah, they're, they're locked inside. Who's with them? No one. They're alone. Alone. That control panel. You are running the sub by radio. Yeah. I sent it to the bottom. Why, you... It wasn't my idea. I was taking orders. We'll settle that later. Right now, you're going with me. You're going to show me where that submarine went down, and if we don't find it, heaven help you. Winging out over the dark ocean with the limp and helpless figure of Ike Barnaby under one arm, Superman hurries to the rescue of Lois Lane and Horatio Horn trapped in the sinking submarine. You said a half mile out, Barnaby. Yeah. Straight out from the cove yeah. Speak up Yeah Straight out Don't drop me, please Now maybe you know what fear is All right, we're a half mile out But I don't see any submarine Are you lying to me? Oh, no If you are, Barnaby I swear to heaven You can swear on a stack of Bibles And I wouldn't believe you It's the truth You can't see the submarine on the bottom
1: I could see it if it...
4: Wait a minute Bubbles in the water There it is
2: It's sinking Down oh.
4: hit The water pretty hard, didn't we? You can swim, can't you? All right, keep yourself afloat. I'm going down for that sub. And don't try to escape. Diving beneath the surface, Superman heads down, down, down through the murky depths, following the line of telltale bubbles streaming up from the sinking submarine. Schools of fish scatter in startled amazement as this strange man-creature, his brilliant eyes piercing the ever-increasing darkness, cuts through the water like a blue and scarlet denizen of the deep. Finally, he overtakes the huge steel hull, swims swiftly beneath it, and lets it settle gently on his massive shoulders. Uh. Oh. Now to get it up to the surface.
2: Uh. Oh, good Lord, it's heavy.
8: oh uh. Up. Uh. 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 Uh.
4: every muscle in his powerful body, fighting not only against the tremendous weight of the water-filled submarine, but also the crushing pressure of the ocean depths. Superman forces his monstrous steel burden up inch by inch, foot by foot. Then suddenly his X-ray eyes pierce the hull and his heart sinks. He can see two bodies. The bodies of Lois and Horatio resting limp and seemingly lifeless on the floor of the submarine. Has Superman, for the first time in his career, arrived too late? We'll know tomorrow when we hear the smashing climax of The Phantom of the Sea, together with the beginning of a new Superman adventure. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines, and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the Sunshine cereal.
2: PEP (érêt)
3: PEP Kellogg's Pep The Sunshine Cereal
4: presents The Adventures of Superman Today, Superman returns to Metropolis The mystery of St. Selmo solved To face the one unconquerable enemy Of his very existence Kryptonite A strange green glowing substance Torn from the very planet on which he was created.
3: Don't take my word for it that the pet comic buttons in this new series are knockouts. Get yourself a package of Kellogg's Pet and see for yourself. See the way those bright colors stand out against the gleaming white background. The clear, sharp outlines of the pictures of familiar comic strip favorites. And how true to life these funny paper characters are. Just like in the comic strips. Don't miss out on one of these 18 different buttons. Make sure that you collect Fat Stuff, Mama Destros, Little Joe, Superman, and all the rest. Get in on the fun when your friends swap duplicates. Sport your jacket or dress or cap with your collection of pep comic buttons pinned on for everybody to see. And stick around when it's time to open a new package of Kellogg's Pep to find out which button's inside. That's the only way you can get these terrific prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's a comic button inside every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Pour yourself a bowl of those golden toasted whole wheat flakes every morning for breakfast. Get a load of that catchy sunshine flavor, the crisp freshness of this super delicious cereal. For prize eating and exciting prizes, get P E P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's
4: Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Trapped in a water-filled submarine sinking to the bottom of the ocean, Lois Lane and Horatio Horn seemed to be doomed. But at the last moment, Superman forced a confession out of Ike Barnaby, the local fisherman who had been responsible for their predicament. Streaking out to sea, Superman located the sunken sub by a stream of bubbles rising to the surface. Then diving down through the dark depths and calling on every ounce of his superhuman strength, he began forcing it to the surface. But halfway up, his X-ray eyes happened to pierce the steel hull and his heart sank. There, limp and seemingly lifeless on the floor of the submarine, were Lois and Horatio. Afraid that this time he had arrived too late, Superman leaped from the water with the massive submarine raised high above him and with Barnaby looped under one arm and headed for the village of St. Selmo. As we join him now, an hour later, the local doctor steps out of his office to find Superman, now in the guise of Clark Kent, pacing the waiting room floor nervously.
12: You can come in now, Mr. Kent. Are they all right? Yes. both recovered. Oh, good.
9: Lois?
6: Hello, Clark. Hello, Mr. Kent.
9: Oh, Horatio. Oh, well, you two certainly had a close
6: call. Yes, the doctor told us. But what about Barnaby and the submarine? Did you learn anything?
9: Everything. The sub is on the beach and all the townspeople are down there now looking at what they thought was a supernatural monster. Barnaby and Andrews and his crew are in the county jail.
5: Who's Andrews?
9: Andrews was conducting salvage operations in the waters around the fishing banks. He was trying to raise a German boat that had been sunk there during the war. A
5: German boat?
9: Uh-huh. It seems that when things looked bad for the Nazis, one of their high mucky mucks, probably Göring, loaded a boat with gold and precious jewels and sent it to the Arctic where the stuff was supposed to be hidden. But never got there sailing under false allied colors, and a German submarine mistook it and sank it right off his shore. Jiminy! Andrews heard about it while he was a prisoner of war in a German concentration camp. And the moment he was released and discharged, he came back and began operations.
6: But why did he try to frighten people away? Well,
9: he knew we had no right to the treasure, so he camouflaged a submarine and turned it into a monster. And it worked. Until we got here. Uh, yes, Horatio,
6: until you got here. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Now what?
9: Now I've chartered a plane.
4: We're leaving for Metropolis in 20 minutes. <laughs> So, with the mystery solved and the Phantom of the Sea forever laid to rest, Clark Kent and Lois Lane return to Metropolis. But even as they settle back in the seats of a charter plane heading south, serious trouble is brewing 1,500 miles away. Trouble for Superman. In the hospital ward of the state prison, a man lies dying. His dark, feverish eyes burn like live coals in his pale, hollow-cheeked face. His body is drawn and emaciated, and his hands, resting on the faded prison blanket, are the fleshless hands of a living skeleton. Looking at him now, one would never think that at one time he was the most dangerous arch-criminal in the world. A man with unlimited power for evil. A man whose very name struck fear into the hearts of all who heard it. Perhaps some of you will remember his name, for it was Superman some years back who finally tracked him down and put him behind bars. Then, too, it was a strange and curious name. What was it? The Laffer. Yes, the Laffer, the man who took human life and laughed while he did it. (laughs) But now there is no laughter on his thin, pale lips As he motions to the hospital orderly seated beside the bed The orderly, too, is a prisoner and a man we know He is Big George Latimer, former political boss of the state Who, through Superman's efforts Was convicted and sentenced to a year in prison
12: He leans over the bed as the laugher speaks There's something I want to tell you I better do it before it's too late Yes? It's... It's about Superman. What about him? He put both of us here so we owe him something, don't we? I don't know about you, but I owe him plenty. All the good it'll do me. That's what I want to tell you. You'll get a chance to pay him back. You can pay him back for me, too. How? The kryptonite. The what? The kryptonite. It's the only thing that has any power over Superman. I'd better get the doctor. No, no. Wait, wait. Listen to me. I know what I'm saying. Sounds crazy, but it isn't. Yes, it is. All right, go ahead. Superman came from another planet. A planet called Krypton. Just before it exploded in space. A couple of years ago, a piece of the planet came to Earth like a meteor. It was picked up in a field. They kept it in a lead box at the Metropolis Museum until the Black Widow stole it.
11: Look, Clapper, I don't think all this talking is good for you.
12: Oh, don't be a fool. Listen to me. I Have much time. You're getting out soon, so I've got to tell you where it is. Sure, sure. Tell me, I'll get it. It's... It's in a small lead box. Gotta be careful with it. Close with a greenish light, and if you touch it, you'll get burned. But as long as you have it, Superman can't get near you. Why not? Because it robs him of all his strength. It makes him weak and helpless. Who told you all this? Nobody, nobody told me. I, I saw it. Saw it with my own eyes. What's the stuff called? Kryptonite. It's a small piece of the planet Krypton. And when he gets close to it here on Earth, it robs him of his strength. Good Lord. That's true. It is true, every word of it. Now, listen. Listen. Superman has some connection with a man named Kent. He's a reporter on... The Daily Planet. Clark Kent, I know him. All right. You can get a Superman through him. I don't know how, but you get. Can... Ah, oh, What's the matter? That pain... My gas... It's getting worse. Quick. Tell me where to find the... The Kryptonite. <laughs> the... The Golden Slipper. The nightclub. Eddie. I, I, I wrote to him. Told him you were coming. He'll give you the box. It's all wrapped up. Golden Slipper. Eddie. Yes.
8: yes.
4: As he listens to the lapper's dying words, the ghost of a smile touches big George Latimer's lips and his eyes light up.
12: This is true. I'll be on top of the world again. Kryptonite. Golden Slipper.
4: Eddie. Eddie. A week has gone by since the strange conversation that ended in death took place in the hospital ward of the state prison. During that time, Big George Latimer, having served his sentence, has been released. We find him now seated in Clark Kent's office at the Daily Planet.
10: Prides to see me here, aren't you, Kent?
4: Didn't think I'd have nerve enough to face you. Oh, no one has ever questioned your nerve, Latimer. What do you want? Oh, nothing very much. Just a little help from you. Well, don't expect any help from me. If I
9: had my way, they'd run you
4: out of the state. Tell me, Kent... What have you got against me?
9: The same thing I've got against anyone who pushes people around, particularly little people who can't fight back. You kept war veterans from getting state jobs because they didn't happen to go to your church or because you didn't approve of the color of their skin. You're a narrow-minded, bigoted carbon copy of Hitler, and you're a menace to all the decent people of this or any
4: other state. Those are pretty strong words.
9: Someday you'll eat them. Well, don't wait around for that day, Latimer. As a matter of fact, don't wait around at all.
4: Okay, if that's how you feel about it. But before I go, I'd like you to deliver a message for me. I'd like you to tell Superman I want to see him. Are you kidding? He wouldn't soil his hands on you. I think he'd be glad to see me. Oh, you do? Yes. Just mention one word to him. Kryptonite. What did you say? I said just mention one word to Superman. What word? Kryptonite. Sit down, Latimer. I'm all through. No, you're not.
9: Sit down. Cut it up, Kent. I don't want any trouble with you. You came here looking for trouble and you're going to get it. Now, what do you know about kryptonite? Nothing.
4: I don't know anything. You're lying. Now, out with it. All right. If you want to know, I'll tell you. I've got the only piece of kryptonite in the
10: world. What? And you know what it can do. It can control Superman. You hear me?
2: It can control Superman!
4: Screaming in fanatical triumph, Big George Latimer, unaware that he is actually addressing Superman, reveals his secret to Clark Kent. Now, what will Kent do? He knows that the strange, green-glowing substance torn from the planet Krypton is his one unconquerable enemy. Now, with a piece of it in the vengeful hands of Big George Latimer, anything can happen. And believe me, fellows and girls, it does! Once again, Superman is forced to fight for his own existence as he has never fought before. You won't want to miss a single word of this thrilling adventure, as the Man of Steel tries every possible trick to destroy the kryptonite forever. So remember to listen again tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday. Tune in, same time,
10: same station.
4: And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement... The Adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. (laughs)
8: Process.
1: Ooh, yeah, let me do something right here, aha, uh-huh. it's the Loot
0: Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot box surprises, prizes delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy,
1: <laughs> <laughs> from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, cowabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box,
0: Woohoo! To the Loot Crate with, today, huh? with starting as large as 1199 per month, Those are box just about for all collectors To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it!
2: Look, Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep, P-E-P Pep.
3: Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal presents
4: the
2: Adventures of Superman. <laughs>
4: Today, Superman, faced with death, strives for some solution to the insurmountable problem presented by Big George Latimer's possession of the deadly kryptonite.
3: For prize eating and exciting prizes, get P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. That's right, Pep's the prize package that brings you comic buttons of a brand new series to collect and to swap duplicates with your friends. Don't miss out. Here's just a few of the 18 famous comic strip characters in this new series. Little Joe, A Breath of Breeze, Tiny Tim, Tilda, Mama Destros, Fat Stuff, Auntie Blossom, Uncle Avery, and Superman. You've followed them in the funny papers. You've talked about them, heard about them, read about them. Now Pep puts their pictures on gleaming colorful buttons to wear a pin on your jacket or dress or cap. Get busy today. Give your collection a head start. Start off by making sure there's plenty of Kellogg's Pep in the house because that's the only way to get these comic buttons. You can't buy them anywhere. You don't send in any money, not even a box up. They come only as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pep. And Pep is in the exclusive class when it comes to good breakfast eating, too. It's called the Sunshine Cereal, loaded with catchy sunshine flavor that keeps your spoon digging in for more. Get a load of those super delicious whole wheat flakes tomorrow. For prize-eating and exciting prizes, always get P.E.P., the Sunshine Cereal,
4: Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of
11: Superman.
4: When Big George Latimer, ex-political boss at the stake, was released from prison, where he had been sentenced to serve a year's term as the result of Superman's efforts, he left with careful instructions from one of Superman's arch enemies, the Lapper. Latimer followed the instructions, and as a result, he now has in his possession the one weapon Superman fears. A small, jagged piece of kryptonite, the curious, green-glowing metallic substance which robs Superman of all his superhuman strength. Unaware that Clark Kent, the seemingly mild-mannered Daily Planet reporter, is Superman, Latimer paid Kent a visit and requested that he arrange a meeting with Superman. Kent laughed at him until Latimer happened to use the word kryptonite. As we continue now, the big lumbering politician is backed up against the wall of Kent's office, and Kent, his jaws squared and his fists clenched, faces him.
10: I'm warning you,
9: Latimer. Don't lie to me. What do you know about kryptonite?
10: All I. All I know is. All you know is what? Wait a minute. You can't bet me this way, Kent. I haven't done anything to you. Never
2: mind what I can or can't do. Answer my question. What do you know about kryptonite? I refuse to answer. Latimer, I swear to but you. Let my arm. You're hurting me. I'll do more than hurt you unless you start talking. Help! You fool! Help! Oh! What's going What's, on?
10: Good
2: heavens! Everything's all right, Lois. Everything's all right. You tried to kill me. Close it, door, out of here. Not so fast, Latimer.
6: I thought you looked familiar. Why, you're big George Latimer.
2: Yes, and he threatened to kill me.
6: Clark can't threaten to kill you? Yes. Don't th-
2: believe a word he says, Lois. It's true. You know what kind of a man he is, if you can call him a man. Just let me out of here, that's all. I'll take care of those insults later. Don't you move.
6: Why won't you let him out if he wants to go, Clark? Because
2: he wants to kill me, that's why. Oh,
10: nonsense.
6: Go ahead. Get out.
10: All right. But remember, Kent, if you do raise that meeting, there'll be
11: trouble.
6: Now, what in the name of heaven was that all about? Nothing? Nothing. I pass your office, hear cries for help, open the door, find you with one hand over a man's mouth and the other twisting his arm, and you stand there and tell me nothing. In the first place, I thought Latimer was in jail.
9: Well, he served his term. He got out last week.
6: What was he doing here? Came to see me. That was obvious, Clark. What did he want? Nothing. Oh, and because he wanted nothing, you decided to choke him to death, right?
9: Look, forget it, Lois. Please, will you? Go on about your business.
6: This happens to be my business as much as it is yours. Now, look... Big I... George Latimer certainly didn't pay you a social call. It must have had something to do with the Daily Planet. All right, and so... just you... in case you've forgotten, Mr. Kent, I work for the planet as well as you do, remember?
9: Look, Lois, I don't feel like being cute now. Please leave me alone, will you? Clark,
6: it's... is something wrong?
4: Wrong? No, no, nothing is wrong.
6: Well, I, I've never seen you this way before. You've got... Well, you, you've got blood in your eye
4: and You'd have it, too, if...
6: If what? Nothing. Oh, there goes that nothing routine again. What did Latimer want, Clark? I told yes, you. Yes, I know. Nothing.
9: That's right. Now, look, I, I've got some work to do, Lois. If you don't mind, As I, it I... happens,
6: I do mind. Something is bothering you, and I want to know what it is.
2: Well, I can't tell you, so don't keep asking. Why not? Why not what?
6: Why can't you tell me? Your phone's ringing. I don't want to talk to anyone. That's ridiculous. Clark Kent's office. Who's there? Uh, Lois Lane. Oh. What's the matter with Kent? Who's this?
2: Harry White. Where do you
6: think it is? Oh, I I didn't recognize your voice, Chief. Where are you? In my office.
2: Where do you think? Has everyone gone crazy around here? Where's Kent? He's here. Well, send him in to save me.
8: This backpack was telling me some crazy story about Kent trying to
2: kill a man. It's
6: crazy, but it's true. I suggest you come in here, Chief. I don't want
12: to see Lois. Should I come
6: in there? I just think it'll be better. Okay, I'll
8: be right
6: in.
9: Now, why did you do that, Lois? Do what? Tell Mr. White to come in here. I told you I didn't want to see Relax, him. Relax,
6: Clark. The world isn't coming to an end. Oh. I've got to send this piece of coffee down to the composing room, but I'll be
8: right
9: back. I certainly don't want to talk to White or Lois or anyone. Got to think this thing out for myself. All they'll do is ask questions.
12: <sighs> yes, I better get out of here as Superman. Offer of these clothes. <clears throat> They'll wonder what happened to me, but that's better than having to go through a third degree about Latimer.
8: There we
2: are.
12: That does it. Now, up to the window.
10: Out! And away! <laughs>
6: But, Chief, I tell you, I left him in here less than a minute ago.
7: Well, he's not here now. <coughs> What's the matter?
6: The
5: window. Look, it's wide right open. What of it? Clark, he, he jumped out of the window. Oh,
7: stop it. Stop that blubbering. <coughs> he might have... be him. a girl down in the street if he jumped out the risen. So stop that blubbering, Lois. Well,
6: well then... Then where did he go? Oh,
7: well, where does he always go when he's needed? Well,
6: I, I would have seen him if he came out of the office. I was at Holbrook's desk just outside. All right, all right. He grew a pair of rings and flew
10: out the window. Does that satisfy
8: You Don't shout
6: at me. I didn't do anything. Who's he shouting? You are. I am not. Is anything wrong in here? Yes, you
10: are. You're always wrong. Oh,
6: me. It's all right, Beanie. Just close the door. Yes, ma'am. Golly. You shouted at him,
7: too. You know, he's always sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong. Now, what's this nonsense all about? Who was Kent trying to kill, or is this just another of Miss Backrack's pipe dreams?
6: I don't know whether Clark intended to kill anyone, but I heard someone in this office crying for help, and when I came in, he had one hand over Latimer's mouth, and the other... Who Who's Latimer? You know, Big George Latimer.
7: He was here in Kent's office? Yes. Well, what for? What did that snake-in-the-grass ward healer want here?
6: I don't know. Clark wouldn't tell me. He said it was nothing, but I've never seen him so enraged before. Why, he really looked as if he were ready to tear someone apart.
7: Well, I can't think of a better person than Latimer for that. Oh, he's out of jail, huh? Evidently. Well, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw an elephant.
6: I'll take it, Chief. Hello, Mr. Kent's office. Mr. Kent there. I'm sorry, he's gone out. Did you take
10: a message for him? Certainly.
6: Tell him Mr. Latimer called. Latimer, Chief. Uh, yes. What's he want? tell him
10: I'll give him until 10 o'clock tonight to take care of that little matter I discussed with him.
6: Um, yes, um, what little matter?
10: He knows. Tell him if
8: he doesn't take care of it, there'll be trouble. Plenty of trouble.
4: Evidently, Big George Latimer means business Forced to assume his true identity of Superman And leap out of the window of his 25th floor office in the Daily Planet building In order to avoid being questioned by Lois and Editor White Clark Kent, unaware that Big George Latimer has called And given him until 10 o'clock that night To arrange a meeting with Superman Has sought the solitude of the woods Some miles from Metropolis To gather his disturbed thoughts We find him now strolling along a trail, still garbed in the red cape and blue costume of the Man of Steel, thinking aloud. If Latimer does have that last piece of kryptonite, the only one he could have gotten it from would have been the Laffer. Oh, but what's the difference where he got it or from whom fact is he's got it? Or has he? It might all be a bluff. If it is, there's one easy solution. Face him and call the bluff. Yes, but suppose it's not a bluff suppose he's really got that last piece. Once he discovers what it does to me, I'm finished. He's out for blood, my blood, and he'll do anything to get it. The question is how to stop him. Meanwhile, back at the Daily Planet, Lois Lane and Perry White are trying desperately to locate Clark Kent.
6: Still no answer to his apartment, Chief. Yeah, I'll hang up and try again in ten minutes. Still
7: no answer. No, what time is it? Eight
6: o'clock.
7: Well, hang up. We've still got two hours.
4: Darkness has fallen over the woods. The whistling of birds has given way to the chirping of crickets. But still, Superman saunters up and down the trail, thinking aloud.
12: It isn't only myself I'm worried
4: about. It's everything I've fought for as long back as I can remember. If Vladimir gets into power again, heaven help the poor
12: people who don't think the way he does, or who don't worship the way he does, or who don't part their hair the way he does. No, that can't happen. I must get that last piece of kryptonite away from him. But how? I can't get near it. Wait a minute. I've got it. Why didn't I think of this before? Up and away!
4: (laughs) Suddenly struck with an idea, Superman leaps high into the air and streaks off into the gathering darkness. What occurred to him like a bolt out of the blue? A plan to get the kryptonite away from Big George Latimer... Whatever it is, he'd better work fast, because the deadline, 10 o'clock, is only a scant hour or so away. We don't know what Latimer plans to do at 10 o'clock, but neither do we know Superman's idea. We'll learn the answer to both questions in tomorrow's exciting episode, so be sure to listen. Tune in tomorrow,
10: same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of
2: Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal.
1: P.E.P.
3: (laughs) Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal,
4: presents The Adventures of Superman! Today, Superman stands face to face with complete destruction as the deadly atom of kryptonite is hurled at his very feet.
3: Bet you can't name a fellow or girl in your block who's not on the lookout for those terrific new comic buttons in the new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Nobody wants to miss out. Anybody who's on the beam already has a start on the collection. These new Pep comic buttons are real humdingers. Bright-colored, clear and sharp-looking, they do a swell job of dressing up your jacket or dress or cap. But don't take my word for it. Get yourself a package of Kellogg's Pep and give a look-see. Get a load of flat-top, denny dimwit tiny tim that rugged picture of superman and all the other 18 new and different comic buttons then get busy on your collection it's easy to get these prizes no trouble at all you don't have to spend any of your allowance don't even send in a buck stop fact is you can't buy these pet comic buttons anywhere they come only as prizes in packages of kellogg's pep that's p-e-p the sunshine cereal pep the golden toasted whole wheat flicks with that catchy sunshine flavor Kellogg's Pep, so good for you. Extra amounts of energy vitamin B1 plus good old sunshine vitamin D that helps build strong bones and teeth. Remember, for prize eating and exciting prizes, always get P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep.
4: And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman. Kryptonite, a strange green glowing metallic rock torn from the planet Krypton, birthplace of Superman, is the only known weapon capable of stripping the man of steel of his strength. For some strange chemical reason, when Superman is within ten feet of a piece of Kryptonite, all his superhuman power and ability vanishes, and he becomes weak and helpless. And now, the last remaining piece of Kryptonite, part of a meteor that fell to earth some years ago, is probably in the hands of Big George Latimer, the ex-political boss of the state, whom Superman was instrumental in sending to jail for a year. Unaware that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same person, Latimer has threatened to cause serious trouble if Kent does not arrange to have Superman meet him before 10 o'clock tonight. It is now five minutes to ten. Kent, who has not heard about Latimer's threat, is closeted with an old friend, Bruce Wayne, otherwise known as Batman. Robin, Batman's young assistant,
11: is asleep on the second floor of the Wayne house. Kent and Batman are alone in the library. Summing it all up, Clark. You're sure Latimer has the piece of kryptonite? Well, reasonably sure. I don't think he chance a bluff. Why not? What's he got to lose? Well, you knuckle under, okay. If not, no hits, no runs, one error. What do you mean, knuckle under? Well, it's obvious he wants something from you, whether he has the kryptonite or not. Well, what can I possibly give him? I don't know. You sent him to jail, didn't you? Yes. You broke up that crooked situation in the state capital. Maybe he's just sore at you wants revenge. Uh, I'm afraid there's more to it than that. Well, what can Robin and I do for you? Get that piece of kryptonite, Bruce. Get it and drop it in
9: the ocean 30 miles offshore. I won't rest easy until the last of that stuff is gone forever.
11: You never really found out uh, why it works the way it does, did you? No, I guess I never will. The reason I brought it up was I thought maybe we might find an antidote for it. Hmm,
4: by that time, Latimer will have done all his dirty work. No, there's only one possible solution. Get that last existing piece and destroy it. All right. How do we start the ball rolling?
11: Latimer must have it close by him, and that means in his house. Mm, Chances are he's got a place guarded. So we break in and get the house a fast going over. Oh, tell me, is it a big house? Too big. Oh, Needle in the haystack, eh? Mm -hmm, Afraid so. Also, what's Latimer going to be doing while you and Robin are searching? If we see him first, he won't do much. Robin's been taking rope-tying lessons from an old sailor. Why, he can trust a man up like a chicken, ready to go in the oven in ten seconds flat. I wish there were a cleaner way of doing it. I don't like the idea of breaking in and ransacking a house. Well, I can get your search warrant, let the police do the job. No, no, no. Oh, I don't want any publicity. That's what started all the trouble three years ago. No, the quieter we keep this, the better off I am. Then it's an undercover job, clear and simple. Just so. After all, can okay. Latimer is certainly no pure white lily. Uh-huh. He's got a prison term behind him and no telling what ahead of him. So this isn't just an ordinary robbery. There's a good deal at stake. Yeah, I suppose you're right. oh what time is it? At uh, 10 o'clock.
9: Well, I better get going. Is tomorrow night all right for you and Robin?
11: Don't see why not. Good.
9: I'll pick you up about 10. And thanks a lot, Bruce. I know I could count on you.
11: Oh, uh, wait a minute. Huh? I'll walk down the corner with you. Pick up a late paper. <laughs>
8: If we don't find the trip tonight
11: in Latimer's house, then we're really in trouble, Clark. Well, I'd rather not think of that, if you don't mind. Of course, it might mean Latimer hasn't got it. Maybe the latter just told him the story, and Latimer decided to capitalize. Evening, Mr. Wayne. Oh, hello, Riley. Taking your constitutional? Yes, down the corner for a paper. You know Clark Kent, don't you? Officer Riley. Best cop in the force. I don't know Officer Riley, but I'm glad to. You say Clark Kent, Mr. Wayne. That's right. The Daily Planet Star reporter. Well, you must have heard of him. Sure and I have, Mr. Wayne. Do me sorrow. Do your sorrow? That's not a very nice way to talk about a friend of mine, Riley.
4: It isn't so much the talking, Mr. Wayne, that disturbs me. No, sir. It's the doing.
11: Look, Riley, what's this all about?
4: It gives me no pleasure, believe me, Mr. Wayne, to have to inform you that it is my solemn duty to put your friend, Mr. Kent, under arrest. <laughs>
9: Joe, how long have you been in charge of the detention cells here at police headquarters? It'll be seven years in August, Mr. Kent. And I've known you all that time, haven't I? That's right. You mean to stand there and tell me that after seven years of close association, you can't tell me why I was picked up, brought to headquarters, and locked in a cell? Sorry, Mr. Kent.
7: All I know is what they tell me, and they didn't tell me nothing. But,
9: Joe... You hit somebody, maybe. Of course not. I was walking along the street with my friend, uh, Bruce Wayne, when suddenly a cop named Riley arrested me for no good reason at all. there must have been a reason, Mr. you? Nobody gets arrested without a reason. Well, I certainly wish someone would let me in on it. Oh, did you tell the sergeant I wanted to see Inspector Henderson? I told him. What did he say? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning? Listen, if you think I'm going to spend a night in this cell, Joe, you're crazy.
10: I don't know how you're going to get out. Well,
7: I'll get out if
9: I have to twist these bars into
2: pretzels. Oh,
7: now, Mr. Kent, you're not Superman. No,
9: I'm not, huh? Now, look, Joe. You go tell the
2: sergeant... Here he comes now. He's got a young lady with
9: him. Lois!
6: Well, you certainly put him in a nice clean cell,
9: Sergeant. Lois, get me out of here. You
6: look wonderful behind bars, Clark. If
9: this is your idea of a joke, it is not funny.
6: If disappearing into thin air from 3 o'clock in the afternoon until after 10 at night is your idea of a joke, it isn't funny either. Where were you? I...
9: Never mind. Tell him to open this door. Let him out, Joe. Okay. Yes.
6: Sorry, we had to put you to all this trouble, Sergeant.
9: Glad to be of help, Miss Lee. Uh, all right. Now, what was the big idea?
6: The chief is waiting for you at the office. He'll explain everything. Come on. <laughs>
7: Yes, I had you picked up, Kent. At half past nine, I told the police to send a general alarm out for you. Any objections? Well, only that it's a peculiar way of getting in touch with anyone, having him thrown into jail.
6: How else could we get to you to warn you that Latimer gave you until ten o'clock to make some mysterious uh, arrangements?
7: Uh, What arrangements was he talking about, Kent? Uh, Nothing, Chief, nothing.
6: Oh, there he goes with that nothing
7: routine again. Well, here, Kent. I've had enough of this flim-flam. This is serious business. Latimer's charges can't be lapped off. Latimer's charges? What are you talking about?
6: Apparently, he hasn't seen the early morning edition of the Daily Star, Chief. Show it to him.
7: I'll read it to him. Uh, six column head. Look at here. Latimer says Superman framed him. What? Oh, that's nothing. Listen to this. In an exclusive statement of the Daily Star, Big George Latimer, former political boss of the state, today accused Superman of having framed the evidence to send him to prison. That's ridiculous. Now, wait a minute. Latimer further states that Superman demanded the sum of $100,000 to keep quiet, and when the blackmail money was refused, concocted false evidence. Do you believe that? Of course not.
6: Except for one thing. What? Read the last paragraph, Chief.
7: Let's see. uh, Yes, here it is. Latimer will address a mass meeting in the Metropolis Auditorium tomorrow night, and he challenges Superman to appear on the same platform with him and deny his charges.
6: That's what we don't understand. How can Latimer have the nerve to invite Superman to appear and... Clark? What's the matter?
11: I... Clark! I don't feel well. It would grieve you. Well, you're as pale as a ghost.
4: Yes, and with good reason, Mr. White. For now, Kent knows Latimer's diabolical plan. How can Superman possibly appear on the same platform with the man who has the last piece of deadly kryptonite? And yet, if he fails to appear, everyone will believe Latimer. What can he do? Challenged by Big George Latimer to appear on the same platform with him and denied charges that he not only tried to blackmail Latimer, but framed evidence against him, Superman is on a spot. Latimer, he is certain, has the last remaining piece of kryptonite which robs Superman of his strength. However, if he fails to appear, the public will believe Latimer's charges are true. But if he does appear, Latimer will have him in his control. As we continue now, it is after midnight. In a desperate attempt to forestall the crooked political boss, Kent in his true guise of Superman is hovering over Adam's big stone house on Metropolis Heights. There he is. Fast asleep in the large bedroom at the front of the house. If I can surprise him, I may have a chance. It's risky, but I can't help it. Down! Down! Dropping to the sill of one of the three windows of Latimer's bedroom, Superman gently raises the sash. Suddenly, just at the moment when the window opening is large enough for Superman to climb through, Latimer awakens and sits bolt upright in bed. Who's there? Superman remains motionless, not a muscle of his body moving. Again, the voice cries out, Who's there? Superman's eyes, as sharp and clear in darkness as they are in daylight, sweep the room. Suddenly, he stiffens. There on the night table next to Latimer's bed is a small lead box. He tenses himself to leap into the room, but just then, Latimer reaches out and snaps on the light. For a timeless moment, Superman is framed in the sudden brilliance. But it is long enough for Latimer to act. Sweeping his hand across the night table, he hurls the leaden box to the floor. Strikes! The cover opens. And the jagged piece of kryptonite rolls out on the rug, glowing with a peculiar greenish light. What will happen? Is Superman out of range of the deadly kryptonite? Or has he been caught and held powerless? This is a tense and tragic moment in Superman's life. So be sure to listen tomorrow to learn what happens. For another thrilling episode in The Adventures of Superman. Don't fail to tune in again
10: tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember,
2: for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copywriter feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine
0: Cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
4: Accepts the challenge of his very existence as he steps upon an open platform to face the cruel, relentless possessor of his one enemy, deadly, destructive Kryptonite.
3: All right, everybody. Here's where we come up with a super special offer from that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Want a big silver keychain to hook into your pocket or belt? I mean a man-sized keychain, over 17 inches long and all-out good-looking. And to jingle on that keychain, 12 lucky pieces silvery small-scale models of a skull and crossbones, for instance, a football, a scotty dog, a locomotive, binoculars, 12 lucky pieces in all, each an actual small-scale model that's fun to jingle around. That's Pep's
9: exciting offer, a handsome keychain and 12 lucky pieces to twirl and jingle on your chain. Now then, to get your keychain,
3: just send in a Pep box top and 15 cents. That's a nickel and a dime plus a Pep box top.
9: And for each of the lucky pieces you want, you send one Pep box top and only one dime plus the names of the lucky pieces you want, like the skull and crossbones or the football. With
3: it, you'll get a printed slip with pictures of all 12 lucky pieces on it for future order. Just remember, for each lucky piece you order, send one pet box stop plus one dime. Print
9: your name and address clearly and send to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. Did you get that? Send to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. Tell you more
4: about this swell offer later in the program. And now, the adventures of Superman. The last remaining piece of kryptonite, the strange green glowing metallic substance that is Superman's only unconquerable enemy, is in the hands of Big George Latimer, the crooked ex-political boss whom Superman once sent to prison. Aware that Superman cannot come within ten feet of the kryptonite without losing all his strength, Latimer has challenged the Man of Steel to appear before an audience with him and deny the charges that he, Superman, framed the evidence that put Latimer behind bars. In yesterday's episode, as you remember, after Latimer's challenge appeared in the Daily Planet opposition paper, The Metropolis Star, Superman decided on a desperate move. Hovering over Latimer's big stone house, he determined by means of his X-ray vision that the crooked politician was asleep in a front bedroom. Cautiously then, he raised one of the windows and was about to enter the room when suddenly Latimer awakened, snapped on the light, and seeing Superman framed in the open window, swept his hand across the night table near his bed. A small lead box fell to the floor. The cover snapped open, and out rolled the jagged piece of kryptonite, glowing green against the dark rug. As we continue now, Superman, unable to check his leap into the room, has come within ten feet of the kryptonite. Down on his knees, he is fighting desperately against its deadly effect. Quickly, Latimer gets out of bed, slips into a robe, and moves the piece of kryptonite closer to the fast weakening man of Steel. His eyes are fanatically brightened, his thick lips curl back from his teeth in a leering smile. Don't waste your time struggling, Superman You know you can't lick it I've got you just where I want you It won't Do you any good
12: Oh, no? No I wonder how it feels to slap your face Let's see Suppose anyone ever did that to you in all your high-flying experience
4: You'll be sorry you did it You'll <laughs> make me laugh Waiting almost a year for this day I dreamed about it at night when they locked me into my cell. The cell you
12: sent me to. Now here it is. Superman down on the floor. Weak as a newborn puppy. Now, where did you get the kryptonite? An old friend of yours.
2: Yeah. Ever hear of the laughter? The laughter?
4: You've heard of him all right. Yeah. He died in the prison hospital. He left me a legacy. That piece of kryptonite, which is going to make me more powerful in this state than I was before you interfered. And only that, it's going to put you under my thumb. You won't be able to rave and rant about racial and religious discrimination. No Jew or Catholic or black man will hold a state job if I have anything to do with it. I'll clean them all out. Did anyone ever tell you that a, a rattlesnake has more decency than you have, Latimer? Shut up!
9: One thing you can't do, Latimer, is hurt me.
4: I haven't any strength, but you can't hurt me.
11: I'll hurt you when I'm ready, too. Don't worry about that. The time being, I want to use you. Prove to the people of the state that I was framed by you.
4: That won't be so easy.
11: Like rolling off a log.
4: Tomorrow night, I'm addressing a mass meeting at the auditorium. I challenge you to appear on the same platform with me and deny my charges. You won't appear. You don't dare appear, because I'll have the kryptonite with me, and you certainly wouldn't want to collapse in front of 2,000 people. So what happens? You fail to show up to answer my charges. That means I am telling the truth. I was willing to face you, but you're not willing to face me. You're you're crazy if you think the public will fall for that. I've been a politician long enough to know the public falls for anything you sell them. And I'm going to sell them into believing that you're a blackmailer and a thief.
9: What are you... What are you planning to do with me
4: this will surprise you, no doubt. I'm going to let you go. Yes. Right now, you're more valuable to me alive and free. I'll move the kryptonite back so you can regain your strength. Then you can leave the way you came. Out the window. Hey, how's that? Oh. Careful now. Don't try any tricks. <sighs> Standing right over the kryptonite. You know what'll happen if you come near me. Now get up on your feet. <sighs> yeah. Don't be a fool, Latimer. You know what happens to people who misuse power? It won't happen to me. That's what your friend Hitler said, and Mussolini, and Goering, and Himmler. I'm
11: not interested in what anyone said. Get out now before I change my mind and bring you down to your knees again.
4: All right, but I'm warning you. You can't win playing the game the way you're trying to play it. As long as I've got you where I want you, nothing else worries me. The trick, Latimer, is to keep me where you want me. Out and away! darkness, Superman hesitates for a moment in hovering flight. And then, red cape streaming in the night wind heads for the suburban home of Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. Minutes later, he faces the gray-haired editor. Sorry to have to disturb you at this hour, Mr. White,
9: but...
7: I'm glad you did. Now maybe we can get some things cleared up. Now, this business with big George Latimer is serious. Not only are you on a spot, but the planet is, too. We backed you when you broke up Latimer's hold on the state capital and sent him to prison, you know. You're not sorry, are you? Of course not. The charges he's made have to be answered, which I assume
4: you'll do. That's exactly why I'm here, to give you a statement.
7: A statement isn't enough, Superman. What? Latimer challenged you to appear at the Metropolis Auditorium tomorrow night and deny his charges. And that's what you'll have to do.
4: Why? Why is that necessary?
7: Latimer accuses you of framing evidence against him and attempting to blackmail him. Well... Aren't accusations of that kind important enough for you to deny in person?
4: Yes, of course, but... uh, But what? There are some things, Mr. White, that are difficult to explain.
7: Not if they're on the
4: level. You don't think for a moment that... That Latimer's telling the truth.
7: All I know is that if you don't appear, a lot of people are going to think so.
4: Well, I know this sounds peculiar,
9: but in this case, no one would believe the truth. You've got to stand behind me, Mr. White. You've got to trust me. I'm going to do everything in my power to work this out. But until then,
4: please don't let me down. As Superman makes an impassioned plea for support, Harry White regards him strangely unable to understand why the Man of Steel cannot deny Big George Latimer's charges in person. In that moment, a tiny seed of suspicion plants itself in the editor's mind. The horrible suspicion that Latimer's accusations may be true. It is the following evening. The Metropolis Auditorium is packed to the rafters with people who have come to witness, they hope, the personal appearance of Superman to deny Big George Latimer's slanderous charges. Very white, Lois Lane, and Clark Kent are in the audience as Latimer walks out on the stage to be greeted by a mixture of applause and boos.
6: Hear the booing, Chief?
4: Uh, there isn't enough of it, Lois.
7: Some of them are applauding. Hey, what's the matter with you, Kent? Huh?
6: Why don't you go home and go to sleep
5: if you're tired, Clark?
9: Well, I'm not tired. I'm right.
5: just thinking. Thinking about
10: what?
6: Quiet, well, well, Lois. I want to thank each
10: and every one of you for being here tonight. It is a fair play.
6: Fair play. That's a hot... It's
10: one. no secret... And I do not intend to make it a of of secret. And I recently served a term in the state prison on charges brought
6: against me by Superman at the Daily Planet newspaper. Those charges, ladies and gentlemen, were false. How do you like that? I was maliciously framed
10: by Superman at the Daily Planet. And I can prove it. I can prove it, Chief. Don't be funny. No, I mean it. he's lying in his teeth. How can I prove that I was framed? Well, if Superman is in this Sony, or within of my boys. I challenge him to step up to this platform and deny that he's tried to blackmail me by asking for $100,000 in cash as the price for destroying this train damage.
2: That's a lie, and you know it. Sit down, oh, well, to- We're in enough trouble, Paul, trouble as it is.
10: If Superman does not appear, and I can promise you he won't, it will indicate that he cannot deny my accusations, that everything I have said is true.
9: Oh, let me out, please. Where are you going, Carl? I can't stand any more of this
10: oh, drivel. God. Come back here. I'll see you later. Everything I have said and will say is true. I would not dare have been before this way if this not. I would not dare hurl a carriage
4: Striding up the center aisle of the packed auditorium, Clark Kent hurries down to the empty lounge, where he quickly strips off the clothes of the mild-mannered reporter and stands revealed in the blue and red costume of Superman. I can't let him get away with this. I've got to call his bluff. He doesn't
9: seem to have the kryptonite with him. Either he forgot it or thought it was too dangerous to carry. Anyway, it isn't on the platform, and it isn't in any of his pockets. Well, here goes. For better
4: or worse. the steps leading to the auditorium, Superman prepares to accept Big George Latimer's false challenge. Fairly certain that Latimer does not have the deadly piece of kryptonite with him. But Superman is wrong. This time, Latimer has been too smart for him. There is a piece of kryptonite on the politician's person. In fact, it is in clear view, but Superman has failed to see it. The question now is... Will he see it before he steps up on the platform? Fellows and girls, Monday's episode is super tense and super exciting as the Man of Steel runs the risk of collapsing in front of thousands of people. Don't miss it, whatever you do. Be sure to tune in Monday, same time, same station.
3: And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep.
4: For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
3: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the
0: sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!